This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door, including my favourite, the Quarter Pounder with cheese. Mm. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with McDelivery, so the only thing left to say is, are you in? Order now on the McDonald's app, and you can also get reward points delivered too, so that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants, 18+, plus. rewards registration required, points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Hello everybody and welcome to this episode of the Stacey West Podcast. I am Ben and I'm joined by... Sorry, I can't do that for too long. Um, Yeah, welcome to episode 32 of the Stacey West Podcast. We were sponsored there by the PA system from Mansfield Town. Um, which was, um, I think I said at the time, might as well just be a series of boxes of bees positioned randomly that make noises that I don't think anyone can actually hear. Um, as ever, I'm Ben and I'm joined by Gary. How are you? Uh, my ears hurt. <laughs> I should probably apologise for that, yeah. Uh, are we well other than that though, mate? Yeah, we're not too bad at all, mate, really. It's... Um... Exciting times, isn't it? I'm finally getting to that point, you know, where Danny said, oh, you've got to be able to enjoy it. I'm, I'm actually just beginning to enjoy it a little bit. Yeah. At the minute. Um, I didn't at, at half time on Monday night, but I don't know. I'm beginning to, well, I, I, I'll be, I'm convinced that we'll be a League One side next season and it's beginning to just sink in now, I think, which yeah, is I mean, uh, very exciting. I think, I think there's a lot of people that are kind of in the same boat and it's, it's when you look at it, um, I think Sky Sports put out the slightly inaccurate stat of needing five wins um, now to be guaranteed to be a League One team. Um, realistic, well, in all essence, it's, it's four wins and a draw. I think it was, I think I worked it out at because uh, obviously with Mansfield and MK playing on the final day, that limits the number of points they can take. And if we get 13 more points, then we're we're guaranteed at least third spot. Um, so, you know, four wins from four wins and a draw from eight games doesn't seem like a huge ask of this team at this point. And, you know, there's a lot of people that have complained, a lot of people that have been, uh, moaning throughout the season and, and sort of saying, well, it's not good enough. We're not playing well enough, but ultimately we're getting points on the board. And if we continue to do that, um, like I say, we've got, you know, 13 points from eight games. It's, it's easily doable. Three wins. Three wins do it. Yeah. Um, when you when yeah when you look at the fixtures that other teams have got, um, we win three more games, we'll be promoted. Uh, we win five more games, um, we win the league. Yeah. 
It's that simple, really. Yeah, I think that you know, in, in terms of just pure maths, I think that was sort of what I was uh, what I was getting at there. So hopefully, mm. yeah, 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 yeah. Um, you know, it, it'd be nice to seal it at home. Um, I know it's one of those where we just think, right, okay, well, are we getting ahead of ourselves now? But it's um, not against Macclesfield, for God's sake. <laughs> because I'm away. It's the only home game I'm going to miss. Absolutely oh, no. devastated. The, o- the only ones I missed last year were for my back operation. And this is the only one I've missed this year. It's the only weekend I could get away with uh, with Fee and the dog. And at some point I have to um, show Fiona that football isn't my first love. Um, and so unfortunately... The Macclesfield game is the one that gets it, so devastated. But if we can wrap it up at Carlisle, I am going to fuck off Easter, uh, Good Friday, off to Carlisle. Really? Yeah, if 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 we can go up, I'm I'm not going up there if it's not. But if we can wrap it up up at Carlisle, uh, I am going to jump in the car and head up there definitely. Yeah, we were tempted, but there's two things that have stopped it. And first, the first thing is the uh, the potential prices of getting a place there because we wouldn't want to drive that far and back in one day. Plus, I'd probably be too drunk if we actually did go up. Um, and secondly, was the fact that I've actually I'm, I'm actually working that day. I'm I'm on call, which is quite annoying. So, um, but yeah, um, we'll let's let's sort of go into uh, into Monday night. I think it was. Um, we, we've discussed this a little bit off air and we've said, you know, we're not going to go into a huge amount of depth because it's a game that pretty much everyone will have seen on Sky or, or there or whatever. Um, but I, I I was, well, I think everyone had their head in their hands, didn't they, after, um, after the first five minutes? And it was, it was an uncharacteristic first half performance, particularly away from home. I think there's a lot of people that say we play better away from home and I, I I just didn't know what was going on. We were misplacing passes. We were, you know, losing the ball. We weren't winning the second ball. Um, I mean, how did you see the first half from, from where you were? thought we had better chances. Um, when you look at the highlights, the passages of play weren't always neat. Um, mm. I don't think we were on it. I don't think it was the whole first half. I think it was the first 25 minutes. But yeah. when you get in that mindset that we're not playing well, it's easy then to discount things that we do okay as mm. as not being good. Do you, do you see what I mean? So, you know, if yeah. you're crap and then you have an effort and it just kind of goes wide, you think, oh, another missed effort. Whereas if you're playing really well, the same effort, you could look at it and go, oh, another effort, a goal, we should have scored that. So mm. I think, yeah, we, we weren't great. The, the early goal knocked the stuffing out of the players, not the fans. You know, it was loud all the way through. Um, and it was nice of, obviously, the Mansfield uh, Mansfield lot to leave plenty of leg room for themselves in their stand, wasn't it? They must have had like five seats to one person. So <laughs> leave on support that. No, that that's, you know, that's not fair. Not everybody can get 9,000 fans in their, in their stadium, can they? Um, but then, I, you know, I don't actually think we were that bad. We weren't exit a bad. We just weren't second half old and good. I think we um, we didn't control play. They didn't control play. I tell you what. I mean, I um, I was paying particular attention to them because I'm a Mansfield basher. Everybody knows it, and I don't want to be. I want to be objective. It's something that I, I really do try and be. Um, and so I was watching them, and I was incredibly disappointed with the big names the CJ yeah. Hamilton, the Tyler Walker and the George Grant. And had they either played well or been utilised in the correct way, um, and I think it's more of the latter than the former, then I think they that they would be a lot better off in the league than they are. As it was, I thought Gethin Jones, I thought Neil Bishop, 
I thought the boys at the back, Sweeney and Pierce, did a very good job. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, it wasn't exciting though, was it? It wasn't good to watch. No, I think um, I think it might have been D3, D4 actually. They were tweeting um, at the time about 10, 15 minutes in and they said, oh, you know, great start to this game. I just thought, not if you're in the bloody away end, it's not. Um, it, it just didn't seem... I don't know, it didn't seem scrappy, but it didn't seem like it was flowing. It was somewhere kind of in the middle of that. And um, yeah, it was it was an incredibly frustrating first half an hour, really. Um, and and yeah, I mean, you know, Big John, again, stepping up, doing what he does best and putting, I think it's very clear now that all of those potential demons from the Notts County game are now well and truly been exercised. Oh, um, we've jumped forward a bit there. We've gone from the first half to the penalty. You've missed out half the second half. <laughs> well, we did say we weren't going to spend a lot of time on it, but yeah, all right, let's, let's, let's carry on. <laughs> all, all, all I think is that we came out in the second half a completely different team, and I think the penalty was late on, but I, do you know what? I genuinely, I thought Mansfield then looked more like the away team and we looked more like the home team. Um, yeah. And I thought I thought there was some big performances from players who had misplaced passes in the first half. And um, Danny picked out um, Harry Anderson, I think I read, mm-hmm. was um, lashing at something, falling over, but still getting up and carrying on and, and, and going through and winning the penalty. But I think you also got to look at Danny Rowe, who ran down blind alleys, but kept doing it, kept running into those channels, um, mm. working hard. John Akindi, I thought, really picked himself up in the second half. Mark O'Hara impressed me in the second half. Mm-hmm. His character, character got us that draw. Um, because in terms of ability, the two teams are very, very closely matched. Yeah. Let's be entirely honest. They've got some really good, able players. And I've been very critical of their loan policy because I think, as we're saying, it would leave them very short of key players in key areas. Stand by that to a degree. Um, you know, attacking players take out CJ Hamilton and, and they've not really got an awful lot. Then when you look at some of the lads they've got across the back, Mal Benning was another one. Um, mm. They've got a decent squad. So it's character. Mm. So now we'll, we can go on to your bit now, Ben. Go on, what were you saying, Ben? <laughs> well, no, I think, um, yeah, you know, John Akindi's stepped up. He, he made sure that everything that was on his shoulders is, as far as I'm concerned, it's, it's all shrugged off now. Everything's, he's back to kind of how he, how he, how he has always been, apart from, you know, the, the, the stick that he was getting from certain sections of the fans um, around then. And I, I just think he's, uh, I thought he had a decent game. I didn't think he had his best game. Um, for me, I think Danny Rowe absolutely stole the show. I thought he was, he was fantastic. Like you say, running the channels, making sure that he was chasing after everything. He was, when he got the ball, it felt like something was going to happen. And he, he he made a, a he just had a really special performance. I think um, you were saying about like the players that have misplaced passes in the first half and and sort of you know maybe not shone as much. I thought Toff had a difficult first half. Uh, I think second half he was uh, he was a lot better. I think they Mansfield picked up on Bruno as the kind of the, the danger man if you like, and they they managed to shut him out of the game quite well. Um, if I'm honest, I thought Michael O'Connor had a bit of a quiet game until he was replaced. Um, I know that's not what we normally say about Mickey because he's normally he's normally blood and thunder, and you know, well, more often than not, gets Tomo's match the match on man of the match on Radio Lincolnshire. But um, I thought when Tom Pet came on, it, it gave a bit more of a um, an attacking edge to the midfield that um, I think it really helped everything settle down, and, and we looked a lot better uh, after. 
came on and after we got the goal and honestly i think if there was any if there was any more if, sorry if there was any team that was more likely to score i think it was probably going to be us um yeah i agree I, I think what what you're seeing as well um, is clever management and we don't always spot it because you'll sit there and go well we were crap up until such and such came on or it was crap up until this or that and i think the way that danny and nikki identify issues and change them is very canny um and you know you point to the Exeter game where we tried one approach, it didn't work, so we brought on uh, Matt Reed. Then there was the week after where we started with the big man and then we brought Danny Rowe on, which was Oldham. And that's not getting it wrong in the first instance. That's planning for something in the first instance that then either doesn't develop or alters during the game and we've got the ability to change it uh, and affect mm. the game late on. And we've seen that from the very first home game when we, we hammered Swindon 4-1. And I think on that day, we brought Matt Green off the bench and we brought, I can't remember who else, we brought somebody else off the bench. And we, you know, it was 2-1 and we went into overdrive and everyone said, look at the strength, look at the depth. And now it's not so much, um, talk, it's not talked about as much. People aren't now going, oh, it's all about that strength and depth. But in actual fact, like you just said there, Tom Peck coming off the bench was a very, very good move. Mm. But when you're going to go away to Mansfield and you look at George Grant and you look at Tyler Walker and, and, and CJ Hamilton, you think actually we're going to need a really defensive edge to our midfield, especially when they're setting up 3-4-3 three, three, um, because they're going to get lots of balls trying in, into that front three. They're going to be working the channel. So you've got to try and block that in the middle of the park. And you've got to stop Neil Bishop playing because that that guy is, is, is some player. He's, he's a horrible bastard. But he's a great footballer and he's, what, 37 years old. He's only three years younger than me and he's playing League Two football. That's crazy. I couldn't play Sabutio without picking up an injury. So he's a real <laughs> testament to, to professionalism in the middle of the park. So what we've done there is we've put O'Connor in and, and Mark O'Hara and that's produced rather a dour game because it's very defence-minded. Mark O'Hara sat deeper, but again, he can push on if we need to. But like you say... We reacted by bringing on Tom Pett, who's got a little bit more guile. He's a little bit more lightweight, let's be honest, but he can carry the ball forward. But the key point for me, as, as you picked up on, was was Danny Rowe. Um, he is a special footballer. And when he came last year, I saw him as a winger. You saw him picking up the ball, charging in, all that sort of stuff. Brilliant. Yeah, he's a winger. He's not. Do you know what? He's just he's just brilliant. He can play anywhere across that kind of bank of three behind John Akindi. He could probably play as part of a two-man strike force. Um, if we buy one player this summer, I want it to be Danny Rowe because he's League One quality all over. No yeah, doubt. absolutely. Um, so uh, yeah, I think that that'll probably probably sum it up for for Mansfield. I I I've got to say, Mansfield's a shit hole in it. Like I, I I don't like yeah I I don't like to be disparaging about people and places, but honestly. We got we got out of the car. We were walking to the ground, and you know, just trying to mind our own business. And some, like he must have been twelve, thirteen, with his mates, thinking they were well hard, came walking over to me and my wife and a couple of other people. One of the first one sort of went by really quietly, just went, oh, Lincoln is shit, yeah. and the second one just went fuck off, Lincoln, fuck off, Lincoln, and kind of got really up in me and my wife's face. It's like, really? Is there any point to that? Just. No, like when you're in the ground, fair enough. But I'm just trying to walk. I'm just trying to walk my way to the ground, mate. Don't be a dick. But I wish anyway. he had done it to my dad. My dad would have pitched him in front of a car. <laughs> but do you know what though? Let's be honest. If you're walking to Sinsel Bank through the Sinsel Bank area, you're not going to have great views of Lincoln either. 
No, that's fair. I think you tend to find that. Um, I mean, certainly places like Mansfield are quite you know, economically deprived anyway, and this isn't a, a, a social podcast, so there's you know no point in trying to get into it. But you know, deprived areas, not a lot of money there. Industries kind of closed down. Then there is a different mindset. It'd be the same if Workshop had a home team, which is the same in areas of Chesterfield, and mm. to a degree, it is. You know, if we played somewhere up near the cathedral people would be thinking wow yeah this is beautiful and it's like Wickham mm. you know right on the edge of the Chilterns you think this is lovely you go into one of the rough parts of Wickham if their ground was there you'd think that was was the same so yeah there isn't any need for it but the kids don't know any better do they no uh, and it was uh it was quite funny just sort of uh <laughs> replied with um I'll oh, just come back when your bollocks drop and he didn't really know where to go after that uh so um but yeah I, I think actually fair play as well to 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 Mr. Flickcroft, um, he was somewhat reserved in his uh, in his post match, as far as I could see, and he actually gave us uh, seemed to give us a little bit of respect, which I, I genuinely wasn't expecting. So uh, yeah, he's dug a hole in my shed trying to get into the chicken feed last night as well, so I'm going to start putting some more traps down. <laughs> I'd forgotten about the rat Flickcroft in your garden. Oh dear. <laughs> um, anyway, yeah. So we'll. Um, We'll move away from Mansfield. Um, I, personally, I, I think it's a great point. I think it, you know it was a point that um, I was under no illusions that we were going to sort of you know storm it and make it three points and a you know seven goal uh, seven goal cushion in a goal difference or anything like that. It was uh, it was a functional performance. We did exactly what we needed to do in the second half, and um, I was really happy to come away with a point. Um, so we shall move on to the game on Saturday against Crawley. Now, we've both got some... I think we've got slightly differing opinions on the the obvious talking point for Crawley. You will come um, to that. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, should we start with that? But let's let's start with the game first and foremost. Yeah, because I've uh, actually made some notes, as okay. usual. So I, I do it. I, I always get a message from you. Like, I always forget. And you'll message me at like half four and say, we're doing the pod tonight because it's Wednesday we record, remember, listeners? Um, and I always be like, yeah, yeah, of course, yeah. And so then I'm rushing around trying to get my dinner with the laptop sparked up, going around doing my research. So when I've actually got some notes, rather than just doing it from memory, uh, I do feel like I'm well prepared, like a real pundit. So <laughs> so Crawley play a 3-5-2 formation. I won't do it in a silly voice. So yeah, they play 3-5-2. <laughs> um, so they kind of play three centre-halves, um, or last week against Crew, um, no centre-halves by the looks of things, because they were absolutely shocking. Um, now this three five two formation, if I'm honest, won't suit us. We won't like playing against it because there won't be an awful lot of space in behind. Now with Mansfield, they were three four three in the, in the main, so the wingers could get in behind a little bit and it would pull the centre halves apart. But in a three five two, there's not a lot of space in behind because if you get over the full back or the wing back. There's no green space to run into because the centre half will, will pull out and then they'll go to a two in the centre and the other centre half comes across. So mm. it might actually be a little bit of a struggle for Harry Anderson this weekend. Uh, he, he, he doesn't favour a 3-5-2. Three, a three, he likes a flat four. He likes to be able to get in behind. Um, but then, you know, Harry's resourceful, so maybe he'll find a way through. Um, obviously, there's a, there's a centre-forward pairing we'll talk about. But just defensively, they are ter- they were terrible against Crew. They haven't been that bad in the past. You know, they held Mansfield 0-0 um, just a couple of weeks ago. Then they lost 6-1 at Crew. Um, they've had other good results, you know, running narrow against MK Dons, but then they lose 3-0 at home to Oldham. 
So it's very much a roll of the dice or a flip of the coin. It's, it's, you know, heads were crap, tails were brilliant. And that's the only thing that's kept him out of the bottom three. Um, the 10 clear, 10 points clear at the bottom three, that 15 points shy of the playoffs. So they're going nowhere. Um, real banana skin because it's just one of those games I don't, I don't like the look of. You know, we've never beaten Crawley. I know we've played them three times, but we've never beaten them. They are a bit of a bogey side. The only team to win at Sinsel Bank this season, um, which Exeter will still moan about, but there we go. Um, <laughs> aside from the obvious two, I've picked out two players for us to be particularly aware of. Um, Lewis Young, who has played in virtually every position on the field in his career, but he's currently playing at right back. He's got seven assists this season. So he's playing, when I say it right back, on the on the right side of kind of the wing back position. So they can go from a five to a three quite easily. Um, really good player, 29 years old, been around, done the, done the business. Um, he's one to watch. And George Frankham in the middle of the park. Um, he's ex-Wimbledon, uh, or AFC Wimbledon. So he's, he's a lower league player. He's got three assists as well. Um, and then obviously they've got a, a two up front. One of them is the lad Kamara. Great big gangly lad, doesn't score very many goals. Um, I I liked the look of him when they when we drew nil nil at our place last year. Um, but he, he's not particularly effective. And then they've, they've got King shit out up front as well. So, um, so it's good. Uh, Joe, I actually, I think we'll draw. I think that this is, has got draw written all over it. They've held Mansfield. They've only lost twice at home um, since the turn of the year, which isn't bad for a team that are 18th in the table. So mm. yeah, it'd be interesting. Long old jag down there and all of it. Yeah, I think that's that's the thing. I I can't make it this weekend, unfortunately. But uh, it's uh, I I'm seeing this as a you know you've mentioned it as a banana skin. I'm I can I genuinely a bit worried about this weekend. Um, I I just think with you know them them having been completely pummeled at the weekend um, to kind of bounce back. There will be, as you say, King Shithouse at the front attempting to uh, attempting to make amends for that last weekend, and you know which club be, which club would be best to do it against, other than his his former club. Um, I can see as I don't want to say it, but I can I can see it's you know can see us slipping up this weekend. I don't want it to happen, um, and I don't think if you're going on skill level or the table or the form table or whatever you want to call it i i would be happy to take a point away from this weekend um it's it's going to be a really difficult game and i think like you say with it being quite a long old trek even if you have um a substantial away following which i mean i don't know how many they've been sold so far i think last last i saw was about 350 um something like that but yeah, I don't know. I'm not. Uh, I'm not filled with confidence for this weekend. Let's just put it that way. Mm, referee's going to have a, a part to play as well. Um, he's a guy called Craig Hicks, who uh, he took charge twice. I think of Lincoln last year. Um, he was in charge at Crew when we won four uh, one, and I think mm-hmm. he was in charge when we went to Exeter as well. So. He's not been to Sinsel Bank this season, um, but in 32 matches, he's sent off five okay. players and booked 96. Um, so I think there'll be a few yellow cards flying about. I expect one for Mr. Palmer. Um, uh, yeah, mm-hmm. it, it'll be, it, it's going to be fascinating. I think it's going to be a, it'll be a tough game to watch. I don't think it'll be particularly pretty. 
Um, they're not a, a side that immediately jump out and scream good football, but we do owe them one because that defeat was uh, at Sinsel Bank was predominantly, let's face it, down to Lee Freckington's little rush of blood and going down to 10 men. Um, but yeah. yeah, Palmer, he's 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 going to score, isn't he? Even if it's one all, even if we win 8-1, Palmer will get it. And we didn't talk about yeah. him when we did the pod earlier in the year, and I'm pretty sure we covered this game. We kind of said, oh, we're not going to go down the obvious route of talking about Ollie Palmer because everyone is. It's like we tried not to talk about Farman when it was Stevenage. Um, but, you know, Ollie Palmer, we've got different views, haven't we, Ben? Yeah, to an extent. I mean, I I think my views have slightly changed and come around to, to your viewpoint um, since he's moved to Crawley and since some of the stuff that's happened. Um, but at the time when he was at City, I personally thought he could have... Uh, I wouldn't have been disappointed to see him sign an extension of some description. Um, I thought he was... Well, I thought he was unpredictable. I thought he was Bambi on ice. I thought he was borderline ridiculous sometimes as well. But... Um, I I honestly think he was um I don't know he, there was something about it you know when you when you got the ball to him he didn't I think we've said before even he didn't know what he was going to do and it just gave it it just gave something where you think okay is he going to is going to score here or is he just going to skyrocket it or you know put it about 6 yards wide of the goal you know and it was um I don't know there there was something about Ollie Palmer that I liked but he he turned me round, I'll say, because when he when he joined and when he was starting, I didn't think he was all that much, but he 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 sort of charmed me a little bit. Um, and I think his his antics against um, Exeter when he you know was was running halfway to Newark before the goal got disallowed. Um, I think that was that was a moment where I thought, you know, what, actually he's probably all right. And obviously he scored again, uh, and it counted a little bit later. No, that on, was a moment. But, that was a moment um, that showed Ollie Palmer for exactly what he is. The only thing he cares about is Ollie Palmer and how he ever came to be a Lincoln City player with the attitude that I think he displayed. And I'm not talking about um, rumours that have come out afterwards about him being disruptive. I'm talking about cold, hard facts. Um, it was a game against Chesterfield. I remember well, I think we won 2-1. Sorry, I don't remember it that well because I can't remember the exact score. Um, Matt Green was in the middle <laughs> of a, a, a barren spell. Ollie Palmer got the ball. He had two defenders in front of him. Matt Green clear with a shot to his right and he, he, he just tried to go it alone. I thought he was selfish. thought he was out for number one. And that goal against Exeter, he thought he scored a goal, a crucial goal in a playoff uh, in a, against a playoff contender. Um, where did he run? He just ran off for himself. He was all about himself. You watch us, our lads now, they always celebrate in a group. But you try, we watch any of Ollie Palmer's celebrations last season. I think Mansfield, when he equalised at Mansfield away, did he run to any of our players? No. Did he run to our fans? No, he went straight to the Mansfield players, uh, Mansfield fans. Now, I know Matt Reed winds people up like that, but it's it's just not the same. There, there was never a team player. Now, I I tried to warm to him. Because he's a Lincoln City player and if somebody pulls on the red and white until they no longer have the red and white on, I try and, and support them. And I saw some of that unpredictability and he did win us some vital points towards the end of the season and he did have some good games toward the end of the season. Coventry, for instance, away was, was one of the games where he really shone. But he was ineffective when he started for, for long, long periods and, and people people see don't see that and they don't remember it. And to a degree, and I'm going to sully the name of a great Lincoln City hero here, he's very similar to Simon Yeo in in two or three of his seasons because Simon Yeo, for two years, wasn't a good striker. 
Now, I know he scored 20-odd goals one season, and I know he scored the great playoff goals. Seven months before the Torquay game, he didn't score a single goal. I think he scored against Macclesfield, would be him 3-0, maybe Rochdale early doors. Didn't score for seven months. Then he came on, scored the goals, and everyone, you know, and everyone's like, "Yeah, he's a hero." And that was what Palmer did. But what Yayo did, he 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 connected with the fans. He was a team player, and he went on to prove himself to be, a, a, you know, a very good striker. Whereas Ollie Palmer didn't. And I remember a, a, an Instagram post that he did, where um, somebody had put, "You're going to get a start, yet, Ollie." After he'd scored another goal from coming off the bench, he's like, "No, more chance of folding a crisp." Social media. And and he's he's been in trouble, hasn't he, at Crawley recently because he bit him and Dominic Polian, who who earns earns a small fortune at Crawley, were basically slagging the team and the training facilities and everything off on an Instagram live, and he's been reprimanded for it. It's just yeah, it's just typical to me that. Yeah. And for me, you know, I'd, I we could have had anybody coming off the bench and scoring the odd goal. I don't think he did. His goals alone didn't get us in the playoffs. Without him, I still think we would have done exactly what we did last year. Where was he against Exeter over the two legs? He played, but he was he was crap because that's Ollie Palmer. And yet he's gone to Crawley and he's done everything he possibly can to try and prove me wrong. Um, but I, I, I'll stand by it and I'll, I'll publish an apology in a City United to him at one point because I've been so damning uh, and, and, you know, like a typical double-backing hypocrite. I now kind of wish I hadn't. So. <laughs> Yeah, and I think that's the thing where stuff's come out after the fact. Like, like you say, he's gone to Crawley. He's had the the instance of of slagging off the team, and you know, the slate in the training facilities. It it's coupled with a few things that you kind of hear on the grapevine from Central Bank, and you think, man, was he a bit of a dick behind the scenes? And by all accounts, it, it sort of seems that he was. And I think. Um, I don't know if it was that whole thing about the like the public persona and the the private persona, but he kind of seemed to me to be when he was doing like for example the the, the thing that sort of helped me warm to him a little bit was the interview that he did on I think it was Radio Lincolnshire um, shortly after one of the games. Stevenage. He was quite yeah. I think was it the Stevenage game, and I think it was when he had the um, he had the t shirts made up for his uh, for his cousin. Um, and you know the, the whole team wore them. I thought, okay, that, that's a nice gesture. And then after that, he kind of said, "Well, he came across really well in the interview that he had." I might be conflating two things there, you but he, he definitely had an interview. You, I am. Yeah, yeah, you're mixing the two up. There was one in the transfer window where everybody had talked about him um, leaving the club. Uh, that's it. And I, yeah. it, it wasn't Stevenage. I'm trying to think who it was. I mean, it might have been Newport or something like that. Or it might even have been earlier. It might have been in December against um, Accrington. I can't remember. But basically, someone in, they interviewed him and he said, "I'm not leaving this club. I'm a Lincoln player." And I warned to him. Um, I'm not. I'm not going to talk about the t-shirt thing because that that was personal. And that you know, it's. I'm not going to bring that into a, the conversation yeah. at the moment. Um, yeah, but he did give some quite passionate interviews. But I just, I don't. He wouldn't get in the match day squad for this team. Anyone that says that he's a better player than Lee Angle or John Akindi, someone even said early doors, um, living in dreamland. Ollie Palmer will leave Crawley at the end of this year because he's a one season, one club man, in my opinion. And there's a reason for that. Yeah, I think, uh, I think that's probably fair. Um, and yeah, I. I'd, I'd, when he was here, he was like you say, he was in red and white. He was all right. But I think, um, yeah, from from some of the stuff that's come out afterwards, I think he seemed like he was the kind of person that knew the right thing to say at the right time in an interview. Um, but maybe 
just maybe was probably a little bit more disruptive than we thought uh, and we thought he initially was or than some of us thought he was because I think uh, you seem to have his number quite early on um so that is uh, that's Crawley and then I think that's it for a week isn't it no it's not Ben I mean, did, did, did you not read the non-written the, the verbal list that we did we're talking stadium names remember of course we are yes Sorry, no. I meant, I meant in terms of games. In oh, terms sorry. Games. I beg your pardon. Yeah, yeah. Of yeah. course. Yeah. Say so in terms of games, that's it for a week. Yeah. Um, but uh, yes. So you um, you ran a poll, didn't you? Well, I did on, uh, on the Twitter. What's interesting before we uh, before we start? Let me ask you: Who plays at the Crown Oil Arena? I don't know. Who plays at Spotland? It's Rochdale, isn't it? There we go. The point yeah. I'm making uh, before we lead into the poll that I've done, um, it's about sponsorship. It's about ground sponsorship because um, in a supporters board meeting, and you know, I'm not breaching any confidentiality here because it's on the minutes, um, there was a discussion about uh, where would we as a supporters board support the, uh, how did we feel about the renaming of the ground and possibly um, what was the thought of, of renaming certain stands? Um, mm-hmm. And it, it's minuted, so that's fine. Um, you know, we we gave our steer on it, which uh, my own personal steer, and I, I don't talk for anybody else, is that Stacey West Stand remains the Stacey West Stand for the rest of time, um, and that mm-hmm. was pretty unanimous. I think even from from what I understand from the club, I don't think that that was ever a serious proposition. Um, but the sin, the name Sinsel Bank, could we rename the stadium? And my thought on it was, yeah, sod it, because do you know what? It's never going to be the Salinity Stadium and no disrespect to, to Neil, great guys. I'm not, you know, it's not, I'm just picking a name because somebody that's likely to sponsor it, but it would never be the Salinity Stadium to me or the running in stadium to me it would always be Sinsel Bank. And that's the point I've made about Spotland. They've sold mm. Crown Oil. Crown Oil have put, let, you know, let's pluck a figure out the air, 50 grand. So Cl- yeah. Crown Oil, and there's 50 grand, which is a player, which is a, a centre half, maybe at our level, something like that. Um, for what? For naming rights to the stadium. So I ran a poll. It was only on Twitter. So, uh, it, you know, it's not going to stand up in a court of law or anything like that. The results were quite interesting because at first glance, the results look to say that people are not interested because the winner was not a chance, which is 47%. But the other two uh, fields were call it what you want and if the money was good. And if you add those together, they're obviously at 53%. So technically... um Renaming the stadium actually came out on top, but predominantly based on money. You know, we're not going to rename the stadium for a tenner and a bag of watts. But if it's 50 grand, 100 grand or whatever, yeah, it would be it would be a big thing. And I was just interested because, you know, people were so against it. Some people like, like quite angrily against it. Like we could never rename Sinsel Bank. It'll always be Sinsel Bank. Um, it was called the Gelder Group Sinsel Bank Stadium a couple of years ago. It was called the 12th Imp Sinsel Bank Stadium a couple of years ago. There was no uproar then, and and that interested me. I just wondered why there was no uproar then and there would be now. Why was it not so important to protect our heritage in 2010-11? Was it because you know, one in nine people who go to the home games at the moment were, were going to home games back then? I, I don't, I just, it just fascinates me. And I think it, it goes beyond the naming of the stadium. You know, it goes... Why are we getting? Why it goes back to that corporate thing, and I know that I keep going on about it. We're getting very indignant about some things that nobody gave two tosses about seven years ago. 
But I just wondered where you you were, where you sat on that, what you thought about renaming it, and what would you call it the new name? Because for me, it'll always be Central Bank. There'll be anything else. I don't mind. I, I I honestly don't mind. Like you say, to me, it will be Central Bank. It was Central Bank to my dad. It was Central Bank to his dad. Um, it was you know Central Bank to to anyone. But if it means like you say, we can get an injection of cash for for a player or for for whatever. I, I don't have a problem with it. You know, as long as we're not calling it, I was going to say something horrendous then, but you know, as long as we're, as long as we're not sullying our name with it, you know, calling it. Missy B's massage parlor stadium or something. Yeah. Or like, you know, the Michael Jackson arena or something like that. It's not going to be. <laughs> the Savile stadium. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's, it's not going to be anything like that. And I think the thing that I picked up on, um, Actually, yeah, it ties me back to Monday night, actually, because when I went to when we went to Mansfield, um, we were at Field Mill, or as it's now known, the One Call Stadium. And the sheer volume of advertising that's going on in that stand, in that stadium, there's obviously, you know, the third or the fourth stand that's just covered in billboards and is currently not available for for fans. But then in addition to that, everywhere you look, there is an advert for something somewhere. Like whether it's a a, a number of banners across the the middle of the uh, of the tiers where you've got one call, or whether it's where you've got in the corner, like in the um, in the co op stand, you know, you, where you've got the, the the plastic panels on the side. There's there were adverts on there, you know. There's great just... marketing, great commercial department. That surely, yeah, absolutely. Like it, it was one of those when when I saw it, I thought, bloody hell, how much, what's going on here? And then you look at it, you think, actually, no, that that kind of makes sense. You know, from a, from a financial point of view, you're not selling your soul because I think a lot of them would, you know, still local businesses for the for the most part. But I just think it's um, it, you're right when you say people put too much stock in it. People do put too much faith in it, and I can remember when it was, you know, re- rechristened the twelfth imp or the twelfth man since or Bank Stadium, whatever it was. Um, it, it's just to me as long as it brings money into the club and as long as it helps sustain the club and keep the club going it'll always be central bank to anyone that knows it as central bank at the minute you know it's never going to change um i still call it the center spot you know i, I still, call I, it the center spot yeah yeah you know I, I still call it the center spot i don't call it the travis perkins suite i, I call it the center spot because that's what i knew it as growing up and that's what a lot of people will know it as so to me, changing the name above the gate isn't going to make too much of a difference, in my opinion. Um, Musing, sorry, go on. I, I was going to say, I, I do understand some of the attachment that people have to it, but yes. Well, it's, it's just always going to be Central Bank. The one thing I would like to stipulate is if we do move grounds, and I think that's getting less likely by the day, but the club will always tell you they're just going to do due, due, due diligence. Um, but if we do move ground, I would like to see the new ground called something and then sponsored yeah rather than just being the emirates the etihad the university of bolton stadium do you know what because otherwise the identity is never fixed so i would like it to be the alexander stadium let's say so or alexander way or whatever and then it then becomes uh the salinity stadium at alexander way so that when we when we when we talk about it as fans we're not talking about it as a, as a as a brand name, and I think that's that's something that I think is worth considering because I don't want my spiritual home to change names every 
10 day every every season unless there's something grounding so like now i don't care what we call sinsel bank year after year after year because it's sinsel bank but if we move stadium i don't want it to change year after year and me have to refer to it as something different year after year i want it to be something mm. uh, but an amusing story about um the center spot back when i was poacher and it must have been the second year possibly the first year i was poacher because i was at McKechnie Plastics, and I ended up getting the sack from there uh, for something that I did as poacher, um, which was quite amusing. It's, uh, it's all going to Do you know what? I'll, it's, a, it's a tidbit, so I'll tell the story. It's in my book um, that I'll tell the basis of the story. I, I actually got the sack because um, I called a sickie on a on a Thursday and a Friday. Uh, on a Saturday, I went and did poacher. I think we were playing Burnley or Millwall or somebody. I can't remember. Um, so it was my first season, and then on the on the Monday, uh, mm. I, I I called a sickie again, uh, and again on the Tuesday, and then I went back in on the Wednesday, and uh, claimed to have been ill all weekend, and, and my company had sponsored Box Nine, and we're actually at the game, <laughs> and uh, <laughs> I didn't realise, uh, so I got sacked. But anyway, um, yeah, it, it might change. Do you know what? It might have been, might have been after that, but I was uh, I was approached by a guy who, who uh, I've been spoken to in years and years called Paul Danby. Uh, from Horncastle and he knew I was poacher and he 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 came up to me before the game and he said uh, oh can we all get our photo taken with uh, with you before the, uh, before the game I was like yeah yeah he goes oh meet in the centre spot he said we'll and uh, we'll all have our photo taken like, hmm, bit odd but yeah why not so I do that so I went out and I did my bit as poacher and uh, thought right I'll go get this picture taken so I went out of the double doors and I went round into the bar and it, it was just empty it was just loads of people tidying up and I went up to the bar and I said I'm here for a photo and he's just like Close, mate. And he goes, the game kicked off. It's kicked off five minutes ago. What are you doing? And I was like, oh, I've been asked to come in for the photo. Nothing. So anyway, I bit, thought I'd been had like, thought they'd had my pants down. Oh, really funny. Look at the knobhead. Um, and then Monday morning when I went to work, they laid into me. What they meant was the centre circle. Because <laughs> they'd obviously sponsored the game again. So it must have been, yeah. Uh... Oh, so brilliant. not the funniest anecdote in my book, to be honest, but I've just, uh, I've just finished editing it now. So. Um, oh, came to mind. Good stuff, um, but yes, I, I, I've got a similar story actually, but uh, I won't, I won't bore everyone with that one because uh, two stories about the the, uh, the getting confused between the center circle and the center spot is going to be probably a bit too much for one podcast. Mm. Um, one was a bit too much for one podcast. To be honest. <laughs> Fair enough. Well, that, I think that's going to do us. Unless there's anything you want to plug other than the book, which is probably soon i guess yeah the book i'll plug a little bit closer to the time um blogging awards yeah please do still vote um if you click on the link you can actually vote for us twice so you can vote for stacy west as the best blog or best content creator um and then underneath best podcast stacy west again just keep pumping them in because if yeah. we get nominated in both then we'll both get a free ticket to go down to london hey that'd be we'll nice. have to pay our own travel but uh yeah, <laughs> otherwise uh, but obviously if, if it's just a blog um anyone that does want to come down uh, to the football blogging awards there's there's a fee usually for a table um but if if there's interest uh, i'm interested I'll, I'll get a stacy west table and to a degree subsidize the tickets maybe cover sort of a tenner of everybody's ticket um, goes for you ben but anybody listening as well if we want a, a stacy west night out in london writers listeners all sorts get in touch let me know cool i'll be up for that sounds awesome well i think yeah that's probably going to do it um for the week hopefully Hopefully we're going to end up with a few more points clear uh, this time next week. And hopefully again, 
we'll uh, be looking in well, another two or three weeks at uh, down the barrel of League One because it's all getting a little bit exciting, isn't it? Mm. Yes. Anyway, right. We shall see you next week, guys. Thank you so much for listening. Do subscribe, leave us a review, um, and all of that stuff that we probably should ask you to do every week, but we never actually do because I keep forgetting. <laughs> um, but yes, reviews. Reviews are helpful. Um, it's not like we're a real podcast, is it, really? We come together, we talk about football for a bit, and then we get messages. It's like, oh, yeah, bloody hell, people listen to that, don't they? <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Anyway, yes, we'll see you next week, guys. Take care. Bye-bye. Take it easy, chaps. And lasses. It's the 90th minute and all your mates around watching the imps on iFollow. You've got your McNugget share boxes on the go. Your mates already got booked for double dipping, but then you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. You in. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.